This episode of the TCIA podcast is brought to you by Kopma Cranes, the most competitive knuckle boom crane for the tree care industry. Unleash your full potential with Kopma for tree care. Kopma Cranes are built for heavy duty applications with the best hydraulic technology to maximize your reach and lifting capacity like never before. Kotma's tech team, together with the unique know-how of tree care professionals, has developed the ultimate top-range cranes models for grapple saw applications. Extra functions to the tip with no diverter valves are making it ready for the grapple saw. Kotma represents the edge of mechatronic innovation thanks to superior oil flow with 5 8 inch hoses directly to the grapple. A true 100% stability at 360 degrees angle with the possibility of Kotma Remote Connectivity 4.0, a unique GPRS communication for diagnosis and remote adjustment of parameters in real time. Kotma cranes have been built since the 60s with the highest grades of steel resistance and the most reliable and advanced Italian design and engineering made to outperform an intensive use in the field. Visit cpsgroup.com for more information or contact your local Kotma dealer. Um, my name is Stephanie Drago. I'm the Director of Marketing and Communications for TCIA. Um, I started out on the membership side and have come over to the marketing and communication side, tying in the membership piece. So this is an exciting, exciting time for me to be sitting here with Joe. And you're also my boss, which means we have to do really good on this episode. <laughs> well, you know, you, I always get passionate when talking about the membership piece. So it's exciting when we can, we can help our membership with the marketing piece. Yeah. And I think one of the main points we want to touch on in this episode um, is quite recently we've gotten a few phone calls or emails, communications from all of our members asking for advice with a marketing strategy. And one of the problems that I know you and I run into is that the term marketing strategy could mean almost anything. It's just so broad. And um, some people want to try to hire out another company. Some people have the ability to do it internally. Some people are looking to convert existing staff over into whether it's part-time or full-time roles in marketing. And, you know, truth be told, I don't think all of it's created equally. Agreed. And really, because you've been on the membership side, what do you, not even what, but where is the most important point to start if you're creating a marketing strategy for your tree care company? Uh, I think the most important place to start is to figure out what the goals are for the marketing strategy. And they're, they're not all the same based on the company. It could be as easy as grow your client list or um, get bigger contracts. You want to make sure that whatever you're doing, as far as the tactics, the pieces, the emails, the videos, whatever it is you're doing, um, is beneficial to the bigger piece, which is the strategy. So it, whether it's to grow your client list or you know bring in more income by adding a new service, it, it just depends on what piece of the, where you're trying to get to the next level with your business is where you need to start. Yeah, I like that because it's, it's very personal for each of these marketing goals because I think contrary to what people think, you don't need to have uh, 
million Instagram followers or a million Facebook followers to have a successful marketing uh, plan, really. Right. It's very easy to grow a client base with um, just even word of mouth and the social interactions you have with, you know, less followers, but they're more interactive with you. You have conversations, you share your information, you, you know, talk tips and tricks and share your favorite things. People are going to do business with who they like, trust and enjoy. Um, So you want to make sure that you're really starting at the ground level as far as, you know, building your brand. What does that mean? It could be as easy as offering steady, reliable customer service and communicating in a certain way. People start to talk about how well they're taken care of on social media. Um, And that's, you know, another way to, to get the word out and combat any, you know, any, another thing we hear about is how do I fight negative reviews is, and that's by pushing out positive information (laughs) as much as you can. Yeah. And let's go back and touch on brand. What does, what does brand mean in marketing? Because I think the initial thought is brand means your logo, your colors and how you look, but you mentioned brand as being how you're perceived online. If people trust you, what, what do you define a brand as? Um, you hit the, the very basics, which is right. You, you know, your logos, your colors, your uniforms. Um, I think how you present is really as important, if not more, because, you know, you making your logo is, something that's very passionate and personal to you, what really pays the bills are the people who select you and your business for your technical abilities, the way you deal with them, if there's an emergency or an overdue payment or anything of that nature, negotiations. People remember how you treat them, not necessarily the logo that you put out. So anything you put out, you always want to step back when you're done and think about how are people on the outside going to see this? And, and that's how you start with the very basics, you know, how you communicate between your, your crew members while you're on scene. They, they look and they, they listen and they talk to each other about it. So how you present overall is also equally as important as the logo and where you place it and what color it is. Yeah. And I just want to talk to like, just because you establish a brand that you think is good doesn't mean everybody else is also going to relate to it, whether, um, and I, I guess to back up, it's not always a bad thing that not everybody supports your brand and what you stand for. Um, exactly. The brand is really about what the company, so really from the top down, what you believe in, what you stand for, what you're doing, um, you know, and branding can even be when you're putting out messages about social causes, like you said, how your employees interact with one another. And that really also too depends on even just geographical location because somebody's brand in New Hampshire is going to be very different than somebody's brand out in California. Your brand speaks to the clientele and um, people from New England are very different than people from the West Coast. I would agree as I'm sitting here looking at my homesick Southern California candle (laughs) while in New Hampshire. (laughs) And part part of branding too, I think the one part is it probably shouldn't just be all on one person to determine everything about the brand. At least that's my thoughts on it. I mean, I've only come into TCA with the existing brand and we've made some tweaks here and there, but you've worked on a lot of other projects and stuff like that. Would you agree that coming up with a brand is a 
kind of a team effort? Oh yeah. Okay. So coming up with a brand is a team effort. Um, always good to poke holes and get different perspectives and look at it from the outside view. You want to make sure that the environment that you have breeds a place where your employees do live by that mission that you've already created kind of at the beginning of the business planning. Um, hopefully by the time you get to your job site, you, you've already kind of crossed that bridge that they're emulating. You know, if that was you on the job site, how would you behave? And that's all perspective from the client. So uh, that's, that's the external part of your brand as well. Um, the community aspects um, of working with organizations that matter to you, even if it's outside of tree care, you know, if it's a local animal organization, any kind of community work is always well received. And again, people remember that. Easy ways to market that kind of efforts are your social media, um, your local newspapers, and um, even just as simply as notifying a local crew, uh, TV crew, you know, this event is happening. We're partnering up with this organization. You know, we would love to have you down. And I think that's, that's always an easy way. Community involvement always, always brings um, lots of eyes. Yeah. And you have a, a passion and a background in public relations, which is also maintaining the public perception of your brand. And right. I think we spend a lot of time just as marketing people in general, telling somebody, you know, hop on Facebook, hop on social media, uh, get yourself out there, get a presence, post regularly. I think that gets talked about so much. But what I, I don't think it's talked about enough is what happens when you post something on Facebook or Instagram that people really don't like or becomes controversial or it becomes a little too much for one person to manage. Um, and I kind of want to, before we touch too deep into that, I kind of want to back up and talk about how do you choose who should be running your marketing efforts? Should it be an outside company? Should it be a full-time staff person or even a, a part-time staff person? Like, how do you, how do you know which one of these is best for you and best for your company? I think that's one of those. It, dep it depends on the company, of course. Obviously, you know, hiring a professional organization is, is great if you can go that way. Um, if, you know, depending on the size of your business and your actual staff's capability to manage it, not every company has that ability. My suggestion would be to make sure Maybe it's somebody on staff or, you know, a family member who wants to participate, but somebody who carries the same passion for your brand and what you're doing. If you, you somebody who is committed, you know, if you want to make sure you're posting something, you know, helpful tips for your clients every week, somebody who you can count on to make sure, hey, as I get busy, make sure we're on track and getting this kind of, kind of done. It, it is a full-time job if, you're going to invest all of your time into social media, um, depending on the size of your region that you serve, um, because you can target very many areas. You can play around with ad strategy and, and target areas that you serve um, for your services, as well as audiences. Um, 
but whoever it is at the helm, make sure they're passionate, but make sure they're clear with communication with you. If something's on, as we say, on fire and comment sections are blowing up, make sure that person has that emotional intelligence to not trigger respond, step back, come to you know the team and say, hey, this is what's up. What do we as a brand think we should do? Not someone who will just respond out and uh, you know could feel the feel the fire either way. I think that's good advice. And it's not that we at TCA say a lot of things that are controversial. Um, no, I'm just thinking social media as a whole. But, as it, as it... <laughs> but I mean, even for, for our example, you know, when we start talking about OSHA on social media. Oh, um, <laughs> my chest gets tight. <laughs> yeah, your chest gets tight. Aiden, who's also been on the podcast, you know, starts to sweat a little bit. And there becomes a lot of whatever you want to call it, like trolls come out. Um, or even if they're not people who are just purposely trying to inflame us, they're people who are generally confused or upset or don't quite have the, they're not quite understanding the situation that's going on. Right. How do, so, cause, cause we can talk about all the good things you can do. You can post on social media, you can work with that kind of stuff. But you know, one of the things that pops up is getting rid of negative reviews and getting rid of negativity. When you have some situation pop up, like we do every time we post about OSHA, how do you deal with that in a way that, you know, respects the um, emotions and decisions of the people there while also not getting frustrated and still trying to maintain clear communication? Um, that's a that's a good question. We actually have a really solid team at TCIA uh, and everybody seems to work together pretty seamlessly. If, you know, the marketing team sees some activity happening and, and, it, you know, using OSHA as the example, Aiden's really great about keeping an eye. He is very great to jump in and provide the educational aspect and the, the TCIA perspective. I think a lot of the comments that happen, as you said, kind of play each other out. For TCIA, we have a nice um, audience of people who are coming to us for information to learn about what we're talking about and people who've kind of been around a little bit within our comments. So as people are questioning and commenting and curious as to, Hey, I don't either, they don't understand what's happening or they're not thrilled with what's happening in the statement above that we posted. Other audience members are coming in and kind of explaining, Hey, this is usually how it goes. Here's where you can check, you know, they kind of balance each other out. Um, If we have something that's heavily, I guess I'd call sensitive and it's escalating to a, a point where, we really need to get together as a team. The team is really great to do that. Um, everybody upstairs gets together and they provide great guidance from the TCIA perspective. And they're, they're a really great support team for us. <laughs> so, yeah. So really the whole thing is by using open and honest communication, which um, can seem a little terrifying to leave, you know, to be honest in situations like this or, owning up to mistakes or typos or just these general things. Um, You know, like I think you're saying, if you're honest about that and honest about your intentions and and with the things you post, it'll serve you a lot better, which I know is why when we tell people who are always asking like, well, how do I get rid of negative reviews? Can I just delete them? Like, sure, you can try to delete them or remove them or hide them. 
but really that's not serving you anymore because it just makes the people who aren't feeling like they're being heard then makes it feel like you're being dishonest. So let me just ask clarifying question. When you say the negative reviews, are you talking in a social media post versus like a, a Google? I mean, it's, it's really an either or situation. I, my personal perspective is people are allowed to have a negative opinion of us, even on social media and still able to post what they want. You know what I mean? If they said that this wasn't helpful in this situation, I'm not saying, you know, dropping swears or slurs and stuff. We don't want that. But when somebody says like, this wasn't helpful, I'm disappointed with the level of service. Oh yeah. We, we do welcome that actually, because, you know, we as an organization learn from that, you know, it's, it's not always nice to hear where things fall down or, you know, something's missed or, you know, if people are not understanding what we're talking about, then we actually take, you know, that is understanding, Hey, we we've got to address this in a different way, or, you know, let's review what, what people are saying so that we can make better changes. Um, not every company is comfortable doing that, but that's always one of my suggestions too, is, is get your customer feedback and, and get your audience feedback. Um, because again, if whatever that post was, was, you know, to educate or, um, to, you know, provide some sort of support and they're not quite understanding what's going on or they're having a very negative reaction to it, then maybe we need to understand that, that, hey, we need to talk about this a little bit more and go a little deeper and help people understand. So for us, it's always a learning lesson. Yeah. And I, th- I think it's important. I, I think being honest is important and leaving those kind of comments around is important. Uh, and I know, you, you kind of, if you're getting into to customer service or marketing or anything really where you're working with the general public, you have to develop a bit of a, a thicker skin um, and know that when they're making these sort of complaints or letting you know that they're upset, it's not really directly with you. And you kind of have to lose that mindset. Like they're upset with me. It's instead, okay, here's what we have to do to pivot this sort of thing, which kind of ties back into what you were saying, um, you know, with community involvement and that kind of stuff. If your customers are upset because you're, you're charging too much in their eyes, or, you know, you're doing something that upsets them, you still have different ways of answering back with their things in a clear and honest way. It's, it's not going to suit you any better to delete a review or hide a review or try to, create your own narrative with this you really have to respond back to them or not at all exactly yeah yeah you you it's best to leave it there and let everyone see how you respond to it if you have you know unfortunately if you have consistent negative reviews (laughs) then you're gonna have to have hopefully more tailored responses to each situation and always make sure you know you publicly let people see you say I'm going to reach out to you directly and manage this. Um, I've actually had that happen through social media. Something There was an instance where I didn't have the number. I shot a quick direct message. Customer service managed it in an outstanding way. And I actually went back to the post and commented, hey, their customer service was awesome. Like helped with the problem super fast. So those are the types of things you want people to see when they also have seen the negative review. Yeah. And we can transition to something a little better than negative reviews now, a little more on the happier side of things. Yeah. It is a common, it is a common thread though, um, that 
people are just curious, like, Hey, how, how do you do that? So just, yeah, keep, keep filling it with goodness. Yeah. And, you know, we at TCA are not immune to negative reviews or anything like that. So we know exactly what you're going through. And I think everybody has the same thoughts where you'd love to just get rid of them, but you know, that getting rid of them isn't going to be super helpful, but that's part of, that's part of building your brand because your brand isn't just how you react in the positive situations. It's how you react in negative situations or stressful situations. Um, really it's just how you react in general. And then also what you do after that. Mm-hmm. That's, that's crucial as well. Did you take that as a learning lesson forward for, you know, the staff and, and take that and improve? And that's even, you know, that's even better because then you have an improvement. Yeah. So one, one thing I want to transition to and talk with you about is as the, you know, director of everything marketing, really, there's a lot of different channels that you can use and by, by channels, cause I'm using a marketing term, but I really mean, there's a lot of different ways you can put content online and reach potential um, like homeowners, or we can reach potential tree care companies. You know, there's Google ads, there's Facebook, there's YouTube videos, there's TikToks now. Um, it's all very overwhelming. And we talk a lot about doing less better. So how can you do less better if you don't know what you can do? You know what I mean? Like, how do you determine which one of these, these platforms should you be posting on if you don't have an existing marketing strategy? Because our go-to answers tell people to hop on Facebook or other kinds of social media. But really, if we're directing them that way, we're assuming that they have that sort of passion and knowledge about social media when it really could be um, the other thing you were saying, get in touch with the local community and set yourself up as part of a, a fundraiser. So, I mean, it's not for you to say like, well, here's what you should be starting off and, and how, but I guess more of my question is how long do you give these things Um, If they're not succeeding before you try to move on to something better or kill what's not working. Um, I would say for me, a good rule of thumb would be, you know, obviously your basic weekly, monthly check-ins for your, your basic necessities. But I would say once a quarter, just take a look at what you're doing, where you're at. If you have an annual goal to get to X, Y, Z, then every few months you need to just take an hour, go through, Hey, you know, I sent out, 10 emails this week, any responses, if you have any way to track that sort of thing. If you're completely on Facebook, start to play around with your ads, check in in a month. Is it working? If it's not working, then maybe you just switch a couple of words around, you know, just, just, you always want to check in. Um, Same thing with your website. If you're, if you're looking to kind of crawl up that, that search, putting out that consistent, um, new content is kind of key to that is your content being clicked on. Can you look on the back end and see, you know, you know, are people interested? If that's the case, what else can I do? Maybe I can start posting topics on that on social media. You can start to tie it all together when you start to take a look every now and again and make sure that you're on track. Um, Other than that, you're just running to the end of the year, hoping for the best and, you know, wondering like, well, why, why didn't I get there? It's because you didn't stop and take the moments to, to see, you know, am I investing my time into doing this and is it working? If not, turn around and we can figure out something else. Yeah, I like that. 
I know not so much here, but at the place I was interning at, it's a small, it was a smaller company. It was a nonprofit too. And at the time they'd actually just, the person who was doing all their marketing, she had just left. Um, but she was also doing the grant writing and everything else. So I had come in at the intern and they just kind of gave everything to me and said, here, do this. And it's, it's kind of what happens to a lot of these people at smaller uh, tree care companies. They kind of get everything pushed on their plate. So part of what you have to be able to do, if you are somebody in that situation is give yourself the time to look over those numbers and, you know, communicate honestly, if efforts are working or not, if you spend eight hours a day trying to put together social media posts and at the end of a week, you know that in your local area, there's a hundred thousand people who, who live in your general area. If I just say the general Manchester area for New Hampshire, there's 120,000 people who live here and your Facebook post reaches five of them it may be time to consider a different strategy or a different platform, just really a different way of reaching out because you grinding the gears each day for eight hours to try to make it work. It's clearly not your market's interest or what your company is going to be most effective at, at this time. Let's pause and back up just a couple of steps here too. I guess a piece of that is making sure when you're starting that beginning, beginning piece of forming your business and your advertising and marketing time and budget, um, understanding who your clients are, where they're spending their time. You know, Joe, how do how would you describe how to in in a quick net net how to easily target your market? Um, I mean the the probably the easiest one first is by your actual geographic location as a tree care company. Probably most of them who are taking our advice for this marketing segment are probably in a pretty local area. So really it's kind of, I think at first glance, just kind of Google what's the population of the surrounding cities and towns around you, you know, realistically, wherever your work area is, wherever you're willing to travel to just try to see how many people you have as a, as a, as a baseline number. Whereas if every man, woman, child, dog, cat in the area wanted, you know, tree care work, you would have X amount of people. And then I think you narrow it down from there. That's, uh, I mean, we've, you and I have done that with even some of our stuff. We have to start off with that big area and then it's, well, okay. So there's 500,000 people in Smallville, USA. Okay. Out of those 500,000, now for you, it's, well, how many people are in need of tree care? And that could cut the number down by half. And then it's in what areas do people need tree care? And if you already have an established business, you kind of have uh, your service I, areas, you, you know where your service areas are. And then it's kind of in these areas, what are the type of people? What are they willing to pay? A lot of this data, I think, um, and feel free to disagree or agree with me, but I think they have a lot of this data already. It's just more of using it in a in a new way. Right. Yeah. And then, I mean, once you get it down to your geographic area, then it's really, what are you, like you said, what are you looking to do? What is your brand? What is your marketing message? Because um, if you're looking to just become popular, then it really doesn't matter who's in your area. 
right. on, on social media or something like that. But if you're looking to, like you said, increase clients or even not even increase clients, but get clients um, who are willing to spend more or larger contracts, that's not really an increase of anything. That's just you moving around in the same area. Right. It's probably not as easy as I make it sound, <laughs> but like, I, I really think that it's not, it's not about how many people you can get it out to. If it, like we said, if there's 500,000 people, you don't need to hit all 500,000 of them. Cause say there's really only a thousand people who would ever use your service. Right. It's if, dialing it down to that thousand and figuring out who that thousand are. Because the, like when we send out emails, it's not really important for us to blast out to every single person who's ever signed up for a TCA event. That's too many people. What's really important to us is the, the very specific subgroup of people who would attend the event and be interested in the event, get our message first off, then um, in some way interact with our message and then in some way react to our message. And I think we also have to preface this by saying there's a realistic fall off between the people who get your message will be hopefully a hundred percent of those people you'll get your message out to people who interact with your message is significantly less. Oh yeah. You know, in some cases it's 20%, some cases it's 30%. You, you really lose a lot. And then after you have people who act on your message and that's 10% of that 30%, if you're really lucky, sometimes it's 5%. Right. So, you know, it doesn't make, I don't think it makes sense for you to target the 500,000 people of Smallville. If you can target 1000 people and and really get them better. Right. Have them take action. So that's just my thought of where to start. I don't really know how, uh, how perfect it is or imperfect it is. So I guess, like we said, positive, negative feedback, if it's imperfect, let me know. I guess I'll take yeah, the criticism. Well, <laughs> yeah, steer into the skid, run into the storm. I think it's important to, as we said a little bit earlier with collecting that feedback, people are often forget to ask for that positive feedback. Um, you know, if they're thinking about negative feedback and trying to push that down, you know, a lot of just conversations after you've had those same customers after years and years is just letting them know, you know, um, hey, would you mind giving me a review when this tree work is complete? You know, email, link to the final invoice, anything like that. Yeah, and you're, you're right because... I mean, I think of all the times I leave positive feedback and it's, it's like next to never. Um, right. And not because I don't appreciate, you know, if they went above and beyond or anything like that, but it's really because I just appreciate it. And I don't, I don't personally think about communicating it versus if I experience something negative, um, like you said, you're more willing to share it. Yeah. People are quick to react negatively. Um, and I just, I, didn't think to say that earlier, but I just do think that's a, a poignant point because um, I did have a point where I go. It's okay. I'll, <laughs> I'll hop on that by saying uh, I'm notorious for forgetting to ask for positive feedback because I was just about to make the example of, you know, when you listen to your favorite podcast and they ask you to give it five stars on, you know, wherever you listen oh, to yeah. it. I don't think I've ever done that. So if you like the podcast, could you please give it five stars wherever you're listening to it too? Um, you know, I would appreciate that. But I think you're right. I think 
if I'm forgetting to do it on the podcast that we're running for the last almost two years now, I think that if, like you said, if you have established clients who come back to you year after year, they're probably not providing you positive feedback every time because in their minds, they're paying you for the service and they've chosen you each time. And there's a reason they're coming back, which is all well and good. But sometimes it is nice to have that positive feedback about what you are doing right. Right. Yeah. And, and like I said, it's friends and that also helps if, if you could get them to put it online with the Yelp or on your website, or that also helps because it'll push you down in the Google as well. Yeah. So we've kind of covered a wide variety of topics so far. Yeah, you on... might need to like splice and dice and put things together. <laughs> nah, that's fine. I don't, we don't do that. We, we do everything as is. Cause that's how the best stories are told. I think, I think we covered a lot and I think this is all really good. I think just as a, as a broad overview, there's it's, it's intimidating to get started in a marketing strategy is really what it is. And, um, you know, to plug ourselves for a moment, TCA has a lot of resources that we can do to assist you with. Um, please feel free to reach out to the marketing team, Stephanie, I, um, or even anybody else on the team is always more than happy to talk over marketing strategy with you before you even choose an option. If you are brand new to trying to create a marketing strategy and you want to talk with us about what you're looking for and what do we recommend? We're more than happy to put aside, you know, 30 minutes to, to really start to help you build it out. So when you do go approach, whether it's somebody on your own staff or a separate agency, you have an idea of what you're looking for versus uh, trying to tell them to decide for you, because at the end of the day, it's your company um, and you get to decide a lot about it. Agreed. Agreed. Do you, Steph, do you have anything that you want to talk about or, you know, get to that we didn't toss out yet? I don't think so. Let me peek. No, I don't have anything like extra spectacular razzle dazzle jazz that's, hands. That's fine. <laughs> well, I appreciate you doing this. I know it was very, very last minute. No, no, it's, I, I appreciate it. It is fun to talk, um, you know, marketing and, and kind of building that tree care business, um, from the TCIA aspect, that's our whole goal is to help tree care companies improve and succeed and take it to the next space. And, you know, are, they're all in trees and, and they're all in the field and, and they're, they're at the, the grind. So we want to make sure that we can support in any way uh, that we can. And we do know marketing is always one of those question marks. So we um, look forward to seeing you at the marketing forum, perhaps, <laughs> if, if, if they're if it lands on the schedule uh, next expo in Charlotte. This episode of the TCIA podcast is brought to you by the brand new TCI Magazine website, the digital supplement to the most widely read periodical in the tree care industry. No matter where you are in the world, you can have top-notch content, timely industry updates, and cutting-edge advertisers you have come to expect from TCI Magazine for the past 30 years, all in the palm of your hand. The fully responsive TCI Magazine website breaks down years of content into neatly organized categories specific to certain aspects of tree care businesses, making it easier than ever to navigate and find articles on exactly what you're looking for. You can discuss articles in real time through the new commenting feature, as well as share articles with friends, family, and colleagues through the vastly improved social sharing. 
We've also been listening to you, our readers, over the years. And to make this content more accessible than ever, we've included article translations for nine different languages. So if English isn't your primary language, you can still enjoy the experience of reading TCI Magazine. So head over to tcimag.tcia.org to check out the brand new TCI Magazine website, the official website of the most widely read periodical in the tree care industry. That's tcimag.tcia.org. Dot .org